but is on the business owner or the, the payer to send that 1099. It is not on the payee, it's on the payer. That means you are responsible for sending them a 1099 and you should take that seriously because it is a big red flag if you are paying money out of your business to contracted employees or contracted workers and you're not then issuing 1099s. Welcome to the Know Your Worth show where we teach you how to think about your money differently so that you can achieve your sexy money goals. I'm Sydney, your money maven and owner of Know Your Worth. And I'm Kristen, Sid's dime piece bestie, team member, and busy mama twins, here to make sure that those of us without a financial degree can still level up with each episode. Let's get started on reaching your next goal. Hello, welcome to the Know Your Worth podcast, episode 15. I am one of your hosts, Sydney, or Money Maven. And I'm Sid's dime piece bestie and assistant and friend, and I change it every time (laughs) when I introduce myself, but hello. It's a revolving intro. It is. I still don't think you said your name. Oh, I'm Kristen. <laughs> I think I did. Hey, Hi. New Year's off to a great start. Hey, hey. We are in our second episode of the new year. Happy 2024. I hope mm-hmm. everybody had a great New Year's Eve and is off to their planning and goal setting and All the 12 things we talked about. New Year's resolutions if you're into that. Mm-hmm. And your new you. Yes, absolutely. New Year, new business. We have a new business idea. We do. It's coming along very nicely. (laughs) So what we're going to do today is we are going to talk about something that's pretty relevant this month. It's one of the first deadlines of the new year for your business, and it is the 1099 deadline for your contracted workers. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, The 1099 deadline for submission is January 31st. You want to make sure that all of your 1099s are in for anybody that you have paid more than $600 to in the calendar year. Why is 600? I don't know. It's oh, a great question. The, the IRS. So they decided number. is you need to pay. For, so if you contracted out a service to any one person over $600, either in one shot or cumulatively in the life that they worked for you. Yes. You owe them a 1099. Yes. It's like the smartest sentence I've said all <laughs> day. Yes. The time that they worked for you cumulatively for that year, you should issue them a 1099. And there are some stipulations to that. You will want to collect their I-9 information from them when you know that you're going to pay them, especially if you know that you are probably going to pay them over $600 or it might be close. It's always good to collect the I-9 information from anybody that you're hiring to do a project for you mm-hmm. or a service for you. Even if you might not think you're getting close to that number, it's just a good idea to collect it so that you have their information on hand from the start. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that I-9 information is just their basic information. So if it's a single member LLC, if it's a multi-member LLC, if it's a sole proprietorship, you can fill it out. If you don't have an EIN number, you don't need one, you would still get then their social security number as the number identifying them. You can either collect the I-9 with their business name or their personal name. Okay. And so if you are collecting someone's I-9 that is your bookkeeper, you would collect mine that says Know Your Worth PGH. It would have my EIN number on it. It would have our legal business address on it. And we would check off what type of business we are. They have a couple different, check this box if you're this, but this if you file this way. So you just want to make sure whenever you're filling it out for yourself, you fill it out correctly. But as the employer, you would collect that for anyone that you are planning to pay more than $600 or to contract with in general. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. 
So do people get confused about how to do this or why is this topic yes. relevant right now? A lot of business owners don't know that they need to file 1099s for their contracted workers, hmm. but they also think that they don't have to if the person doesn't want them to. So one of the things is like, oh, I was paying them cash throughout the year to do a service for me. They don't want me to send them a 1099. That's because they don't want to claim it on their tax return. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they think just because the person says, hey, don't do that. They're yeah. like, oh, okay, I don't have to. Exactly. Like, Ooh. oh, they don't want me to send them a 1099. So I don't really want to do that. Like, I didn't tell them I was going to in the beginning. So mm -hmm. I don't feel like I should. But you should definitely know that the responsibility is on the payer. So it is on the business owner or the, the payer to send that 1099. It is not on the payee. It's on the payer. So Jeez. that means you are responsible for sending them a 1099 and you should take that seriously because it is a big red flag if you are paying money out of your business to contracted workers and you're not then issuing 1099. Mm -hmm. So there is a checkbox on your tax return that did you pay contracted workers? And if you say yes, this amount, and then you say, did you issue 1099s? And you say no. And you say no, it's basically opening up the door for an IRS audit. It's a big red flag. If you are paying somebody and you have a line item on your financial statements as a contractor, yeah, but you didn't issue 1099s, it's a big red flag. All right. Mm. So and this is super important. Yeah, it is. It is. Because it really can come back to bite you in the butt if you are not issuing them. You can get fined per person for each 1099 that was not submitted. And then you're also opening the door for, are you paying them the right way as a contractor or should they be an employee? which is even more penalties if you're doing that the wrong way. So we're going to get into the differences between a 1099 contractor and an employee as a business owner, what you need to know the differences are, and also what you need to know as the worker, if you're the employee or the contractor, what the, some of the differences are. Before we get into the differences, what I want to make sure I say there too is, like I said, it is a responsibility of the business owner to submit you are not trying to make the people you're paying more comfortable by paying them cash under the table. It is not your responsibility. That was my next question. Like, so yes. say somebody says to you, I don't want you to issue me a 1099. What is your response as a business owner? I Legally, I'm obligated to. Yeah. And for everyone that works for me, I do. So you make the choice. <laughs> yeah. Legally, I am obligated to issue 1099 if I pay you over $600. And in my books, I have you listed as the payee of these multiple checks, mm -hmm. I'm legally obligated to issue you a 1099. Okay. And I'm going to. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the time people don't want to because we're going to get into this too when we talk about the differences. But when you're a 1099 contractor, you do not pay taxes throughout the year. The employer doesn't pay taxes for you mm -hmm. and taxes are not withheld from that pay. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure that you're saving appropriately or you're submitting quarterly estimates or you're going to get hit with a much larger tax bill at the end of the year than you realize for that income. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So then how does an employer determine, is this person an employee or is this a 1099? Person? Yeah, and that's a really good question. So that's what a couple of our clients have had issues with or concerns with is there are some borderline, is this a contractor, is this an employee? So some of the stipulations, some of the main ones are the, the employment relationship is, is one of the biggest ones. So for an employee, the employee is hired by the employer on a more permanent basis. It's a more permanent thing. It's a longer term. It's not meant for 
a project or a defined period. It is you are just like an ongoing thing. Yes. It is a longer term, more permanent position. When you are an employee, you're also entitled to some benefits too. So if you know that you're getting some benefits with the role, you're probably considered an employee health insurance, taxes are being paid, you have retirement planning, paid time off, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. When you are a contractor, you are, like I said, you're just hired for that defined project or defined period of time. Mm -hmm. So for the contractors we work with, we are hiring contractors for defined periods. It's typically month to month is what our contracts state. And we're hiring for this month of work. And then if we decide to continue it for the next month of work, it is a month to month contract. The next stipulation is the control of that contractor of that work. So it's the control of the work that's being performed and the independence of the person doing the work. Okay. So if you are an employee, your employer dictates the time period that you're working. So Mm -hmm. When are you working? Are you working these days a week? Are you working this time frame a week? Mm -hmm. If they are dictating when you are doing your job, during what time frame you're doing your job, how you're doing your job, and what you're working on, you are probably more of an employee. So if you have someone that's saying, hey, you're working this shift tomorrow from nine to five, you're coming into the shop, you are to perform these tasks while you're here, and that you have the store computer that you're working on. You're an employee. <laughs> if it you're an employee. Walks like a duck and exactly. Like a duck. Then yeah. it's a duck. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that will say, "Oh, they get to pick and choose when they want to come in. They get to pick their shift. If they get to pick their shift and they get to come in whenever they want and they are dictating their own schedule completely, great. Maybe that checks the box. Do they have to have their own knowledge base and their own equipment to perform the task at hand? You need to determine that. So are you providing them a computer? Are you providing them training? Are you providing them the materials and the tools to complete the job? And then you are also defining the job they're doing. Then you might be borderline there and you need to determine which of these things does the employee or the contractor actually have control over. Okay. So it's how, when, and where the work is performed as you want to look at those kind of three things there. The contractor negotiates the terms of the project. Mm -hmm. They set their own hours and they use their own tools and equipment. Okay. The contractors are dictating more of their own hours and time. So for our contractors that know your worth, we just have an ongoing task list of everything that needs to get done for certain clients and certain job functions. So when our contractors come in, they can log in whenever they want. They're on their own laptop. We are contracting them to do bookkeeping work in their own time frame, their own hours, their own equipment. You don't care how it gets done or where it gets done. Just get it done. And they can pick the order. We Mm -hmm. just have our ongoing task list. They have their own training and expertise. We're only working with people that are qualified and we have this contract with them. We might perform specific training on our processes, just like you would with when you're hiring a social media manager as a contractor, when you're Mm -hmm. hiring a virtual assistant as a contractor, they may work in their own parameters, but you teach them your language and things like that. So it's not necessarily that kind of education. It's more of how are they being implemented into your procedures and processes, but are they using their own tools and equipment? So are they bringing their own stuff? You're not giving them a laptop. You're not giving them what they need to do their job. Mm -hmm. If you're providing all of that stuff, you're more of an employee. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're a growing entrepreneur, but you're still managing your own bookkeeping, it's time to bring on a bookkeeper to make sure your numbers are accurate and you're maximizing your financial opportunities. From categorizing your transactions to account reconciliation and financial statements, 
We'll take it all off your plate so you can focus on the parts of your business that light you up. Book a call with us and let's see if we'd be a great fit to work together as you grow into your next level business. Why would a business want contractors over employees or vice versa? Contractors are cheaper for the business owner. Okay. So the business owner, if they have a contractor, they're setting a specific hourly rate, monthly rate, weekly rate, whatever the contract price, project price, any of that. They do not have to pay taxes and benefits to that contractor. Mm -hmm. So contractors are responsible for paying their own taxes including income taxes, self-employment taxes. They're not eligible for most employee benefits unless it's specifically negotiated as a part of the contract. Where employees, the employers are responsible for the withholding income taxes, Social Security, Medicare, all from the weekly, bi-weekly, monthly paychecks. Okay. The employees are also might be responsible for health insurance, retirement plans, and paid leave if that's a part of the company's policies. Okay. So it's more expensive to have employees, but you have more control over those employees. So you have to give or take what you're really looking for. Do you want control? Do you want to dictate when they work? Then you need to provide them certain benefits like paying their taxes for them. Not all of them. The employee has to pay some too, but the employer taxes. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. All right. And with that, the duration is also important there too. So whenever you're an employee, again, you are hired to work there. There's not an end date unless you're fired. That's very different. That would be the ending of that relationship and of that engagement as an employee. But there is no just set end date from the beginning. You are an employee of the company. It's an indefinite period that can be terminated with notice or with cause. And that goes state by state to the employee, employer, labor laws and kind of HR regulations to go with it. So I know Pennsylvania is an at-will state. So Mm -hmm. like an employee can quit that day, an employer can fire that day. Mm -hmm. There can be legal action back and forth on if it was founded or not not, and what the processes are with that and how to get unemployment and things like that. That's a whole nother bucket. Okay. But Pennsylvania is an at-will state. So if you're leaving your job, you don't have to give a two-week notice unless that's written in your contract. Okay. If you have your contract, your employment agreement with your company, that it's at will and you can be terminated at any point and you can terminate at yourself at any point. You can leave at any point. You don't have to give a two-week notice. You can just put your notice in and leave. You yeah. can walk out that day. Like, hey, I'm done today. Exactly. Okay. It is nice to give a notice. It's always a good thing. <laughs> good but yeah, you don't have to with certain states. So I'm not sure all these states how that would work. And other countries are very different with that. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's relevant or interesting to anybody. Yeah. But in other countries, it is very difficult to fire employees. Oh, mm-hmm. It's very, very difficult. So a lot of their policies are contract by cro- contract. Like it's a yearly contract. Okay. So that way, if they don't like the employee, they're done after a year. Okay. And they have a set term to it because it's their labor laws are very, very different than they are here. I didn't know that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I have some family that has businesses in Germany. And then also Emily in Paris reaffirmed <laughs> that too. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> hey, we get our facts yeah. where we get our facts. Yeah, absolutely. My my aunt and uncle in Germany that they have their business over there. They've told me a lot about it. And then it was funny when I watched Emily in Paris. I was like, oh, I knew that. I already knew that. I knew that. It's hard over there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Not funny. It could be funny. Emily in Paris is pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the gist of the differences between employees versus contractors. If you are a business owner that is not sure if you've been doing this correctly, You can go to the IRS website and they have a lot of this broken out 
They also have a place where you can submit an inquiry and you would give a job description of what you're doing and what this person is working on and they would tell you what their designation is. Oh, that's interesting too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they will define it for you. If you have been doing it wrong, if you have been paying contractors and they should have been employees because you didn't want to pay payroll taxes or you didn't know, it's hard to prove that you didn't know because the rules are out there. The requirements are out there. So what you would want to do is if you did determine that you were paying people incorrectly, you would want to consult your lawyer, consult with your tax accountant, consult with a trusted advisor. What are the terms? Who are the people? What's your working relationship with them? And then from there, how can you remedy that? Now, I would have to look into this a little bit further, but there was a spot whenever I had a client right in the beginning of Know Your Worth that wasn't sure, there was a spot on the IRS website that you could basically say, I just found out I've been paying someone the wrong way. Help me. And they would say, great, they're an employee and you won't get penalized for anything previous. Oh, it's starting now. Confession. Yes. <laughs> and it was, you had to apply for it and say what it was and you would just submit it there. I haven't been on to that section of the website recently. So mm -hmm. I would need to confirm that. But there was a place that you could go like on the IRS website. Spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like, hey, I've been paying people the wrong way. I'd like to file for almost like this forgiveness of yeah. these people are all going to be employees now. I didn't know. And yeah. now I know I'm changing it. And so you're forgiven for kind of the previous stuff. And <laughs> yeah. So I think it's one of those things that you're closing yourself off. So you're not liable for prior years, because if you do get an IRS audit and they determine that you've been paying contractors and they should have been employees, you can be responsible for their payroll taxes for whenever they start like the whole time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be painful. Very painful. Yeah. And so if you've been doing that and you find out now that you've been doing it wrong or you knew and you're a little worried about it now, I would absolutely consult some legal advice. I would absolutely look into what the potential liability could be. You can calculate payroll taxes and what they would be. You can calculate what the penalties will be on those at a maximum. And so then if the IRS is feeling generous, if you do pay those wages or you pay those fines back, some of it might be different than what you're calculating. But you can figure out for the most part what your liability is on that and then remedy the situation from there. Okay. So you're not going to jail like immediately. Not immediately. I would say if you've been doing it for a very long time and very and much on purpose, it. I don't know if that's what it would be, but you would get fined pretty heavily if yeah. you were doing it on purpose and the IRS were to find out that you were doing it on purpose and you had a significant number mm -hmm. and it was significant wages, then yes, you would You're you would get a very trouble. severe fine. And then I would say if you didn't pay the fine, then that might be yeah. a more cause for Jail further time. further stuff. <laughs> but right off the bat, no, if you're doing it wrong, you're not going straight to jail. You can fix it. You can get out of it by remedying it. But it's always good to just check yourself in those instances. And if you're not sure, they do have a spot on the website where you can put in like the job application and see why it is the way it is. We actually had a question with one of our contractors at the Golf Academy was audited. Mm -hmm. uh, and she was only 18. Oh, God. And she went through an IRS audit. Luckily, I'm sure her stuff was like pretty minimal. Like she didn't have to dig up a lot of stuff because it's not right. like she's a head of business or anything, but we were paying her as a 1099 contractor. And so she had to come to us and we had to write her a letter what the nature of her work was, mm -hmm. probably to determine if, if she, she was an employee was. or a yeah. contractor. So it gave us a bit of a panic. Are we doing, Are we this, doing the right this right way? It was right. That was our first business. And it was like a gut check of, oh, crap. So whenever I got this you know, question from her and she, they were trying to figure it out, I looked into why. And I, I realized that was what the IRS was to, trying to determine is, 
why is she being paid this way? And is it correct? Mm -hmm. So we went through and basically listed out all of her job functions for us. And our, our situation with her was basically she could tell us whenever she wanted to work. And we had multiple locations where she could go work at. So we weren't insisting that she show up to the same spot every time she could say, Oh, I want to work here today. And I'm going to come for this yeah. session. And she was bringing her own golf clubs and equipment and tools. And we just asked that she wear a similar, like uh, her own golf outfit. You just had to wear golf clothes and they were her own clothes. Some days we had NHG t-shirts, but again, it's not a set uniform. We didn't care what people showed up in for the most part, but she was bringing her own tools her own expertise, her own equipment. She could pick when she wanted to work. She could pick where she wanted to work. And it was only for the summer. Okay. So it was a very defined start and stop. Start and end date. And so we could really clearly list all that stuff out. Also, all of our instructors have free reign to teach whatever they want while we're there. We have a structure of, oh, the first session is this, the second session is this. Mm -hmm. But the actual instruction and what like drills method. they're doing and what they want to build from there is all under their own control. So we knew that we could properly say that she was a contractor, but we had to list all of that out. Yeah. So if you ever have someone that is audited by the IRS, that also could be a way that if, if they have to get a job requirement or a listing from you, you want to think about some of those things when you're responding to them, make sure you're also not putting your foot in your mouth. If you're saying like, oh, I tell her when to come to work and she does these days. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make it seem like we control everything, even right. though it's not necessarily true. And you're not saying things wrong or you're not lying, but you just want to watch what the parameters are of the employee versus contractor stipulations and have it set for why you are determining that that person is what they are. Okay. Yeah. So what does Know Your Worth do for businesses in this instance? We file 1099s for a lot of our clients. Mm -hmm. So we will track their spending all year long and we will make sure that we track all the spend with anybody that we determine should be issued a 1099 throughout the year as our clients hit their $600 threshold with them. We have a program that will send them an email and it will prompt them to basically fill out an I-9 that will get sent right to us. Nice. So you just so, keep them like on track. Yeah. And organized. Because a lot of our clients don't ask for the I-9s up front and when they should. So we cover ourselves to do it throughout the year. Mm -hmm. So that way when we get to January, we're not like, oh, who's this John Smith? You wrote this check for $800 to Who worked for you back in the like, spring. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to issue him a 1099. And we're like, okay, we're going to write that. We These are the listing of people that mm -hmm. we would like to send them to. And again, our clients know that ultimately they are responsible for who is sent a 1099. So we take the information that we have. We can gather as much of it as we can. And we confirm that with all of our clients and make sure they're comfortable with everybody we're sending them to so that they can let anybody know if they're going to be surprised. Right. But we will issue those 1099s for them in January. Just another perk of working with New Year's work. Yeah, absolutely. We will take that burden off of <laughs> your shoulders. Do not fear. And if you are someone that does your own bookkeeping and you have some 1099 uh, contractors, you can file those through QuickBooks. It is a, a nice tool that QuickBooks has. They can track 1099 spend all through the year. You can label what accounts you want to track 1099 spend for, and you will then just generate that report at the end of the year. You are also supposed to send 1099s for rent, legal fees. So things that people don't necessarily think of, like you should send your landlord a 1099 for your business rent, that too. So yeah. I think people think because they're not doing work for them that they don't send it, but you would still send it to your landlord. So many good tips mm -hmm. when you work with Sid. So fun. <laughs> All the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. All right. 1099 versus employee. Mm -hmm. Do a little audit of your employees. Make sure you have I-9s on everybody. Yep. 
or work with Know Your Worth and we'll take care of it. Absolutely. We got your back. Start the year off right. Get everything ready to go now. Get your books in order so that you know how much you have paid everybody. Make sure that all of your vendors are labeled correctly and gather all their information and you will be all ready to go for the deadline. Yeah, absolutely. And next week, we're going to have a guest. Yes. So exciting. Get ready for it. Know your worth. New levels in 2024. On that note, have a great week. (laughs) Bye. If you found a bit of inspiration in this episode for achieving your sexy money goals, click the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app or YouTube so that you never miss an episode. Are you ready to get a lot more strategic with your sexy money goals? You've been working hard. You want to make the most informed decisions possible on what you can afford whether that's bringing on a new employee, investing in developing a new revenue stream, or making a big move with your personal finances. We can support you with a financial analysis to provide you with the tangible data that you need to make the best decision. Book a call with us and we'll share how we can work together to achieve your goals.